0: Read
1: me romance. Read, read me romance. Read me romance. Read, read me romance. You could take a look in a book that's fine, or you could sit back, relax, and unwind and read me romance. Read, read me romance.
0: Today's episode of Read Me Romance is brought to you by people who crowd the coffee pickup counter at Starbucks. Hey Linda, relax. Your no whip peppermint latte is coming. I promise. Hey guys, it's Tessa Bailey. How are you? We are here on this lovely Tuesday to bring you the second installment of Securing Brene by Susan Stoker. This is one that we really loved and I- I'm sure you're all enjoying it too. It's it's starting to get fancy <laughs> right about now, so I won't keep you too long, but I, I did uh, want to talk about a few things. I know a couple weeks ago I gave kind of like a I don't know, we talked about weight a little bit and the pressure that social media puts on us to lose weight and, you know, or just having weight constantly being something that we're conscious of because people are always talking about it. And a lot of people, you know, posted in Read Me Romance headquarters or messaged me to say like that it was something that they like needed to hear and that it was kind of comforting. So I thought I would go back to it today and talk a little more about it. You know, maybe if we talk about it enough, it'll make a a difference for us. Because I'm sure after two weeks, everything I said wore off and, you know, we're back in the same place, which is kind of feeling insecure about how you look in relation to how people look on social media, which is all a big sham. (laughs) So the first thing I wanted to talk about was, like, it's, if there's somebody... On social media or like whether it's even if it's someone you like or maybe it's a celebrity if they're if they're constantly posting stuff that makes you feel like maybe you're not you know up to a standard that they've they've created for themselves it's okay to just unfollow them or mute them for a while like even if it's a mom that you know in your town like and you like that person, like you might really like them. It's, but there's something about them, you know, and they're posting constantly about their fitness journey, which by the way, like fitness journey, like what is this Lord of the Rings? (laughs) I'm so sick of hearing this fitness journey. Okay. It's okay to mute them for a while and just, uh, you know, take a pass. There are other people on social media that, you know, are a lot more just make you kind of feel better and, make you feel like you're not in this alone and I have a couple of them here I'm going to read them to you well of course Hunter McGrady and Ashley Graham are really good people to follow on Instagram they're both plus-size models and they're kind of redefining what it, it what a beautiful body looks like and I think they're really important people that you know like when I see them posting in you know short shorts and a tank top and they they look like me or they even look bigger than me and it's it's comforting and it's nice to know that like you those people genuinely feel good in their own skin and maybe like i could feel that way too and so i think they're they're really good people to follow the other two instagram accounts that i think are really valuable are the curvy con it's at the curvy con con and at i way which is i underscore way w e i g h and that last one is was created by jamila jamil who's on nbc's the good place and basically she just she celebrates like the good things she has like people come in and post the good things about themselves you know like things they like about themselves and she celebrates that and she also is kind of on a crusade against, you know, the false presumption that everybody that you see on social media is perfect. Because that's, it's just simply not true. And, you know, after they post that perfect picture of themselves, they're, they're definitely, you know, (laughs) uh, hate fucking somebody or choking down a candy bar and raging against the world, just like the rest of us. So, you know, just, it's important to get perspective on that. And I think that those those accounts are really good to uh, help you do that. Yeah, you know, and when I was, so I played competitive basketball when I was really young, I, w- I was like 11, 12, we would travel all over the country. And, and then I ended up playing in, in, in um high school, and I was always overweight. You know, I was always more, I was always heavier than my friends. And I'm really short, too. So <laughs> that didn't help. And I, that's kind of one of the reasons that I was, uh, I needed to go, I thought I needed to go on Jenny Craig. And Like the basketball coach, you know, I, he probably meant well, but he would keep me after practice and make me run extra. And, you know, like those things really just imprinted themselves on my whole psyche. And I can't, you know, it's really hard for me to not make everything about weight. It's like a daily hourly struggle And one of the ways that I'm trying to, like, change that about myself is that I just don't pass that on to my daughter. (laughs) You know, like, I think that growing up, my mom would just, every time I take a picture of her or every time she saw a picture of herself or put on clothing, she would go, oh, I look so fat. I'm so fat. I'm so fat. Or I'd hate the way my arms look or I hate this. And and then I, you know, it's it's crazy how quick to do the same thing I am. Like I, I have to really struggle against not saying that in front of my daughter, but that's something I'm really determined to do. And it's just a small thing where I just, if I see a picture of myself that she takes with my phone and it's like, I look terrible. I just don't say anything and I just smile and it's like, it doesn't hurt anybody. And I just don't want her to grow up relating every single thing you know, back to her, uh, how she looks, because it's really, it's not the most important thing about you. So anyways, like I said, it's human nature to feel bad to have other people's posts where they're like shiny, happy and looking great. It's it's human nature to have that make you feel bad. So don't feel guilty. It, You know, it, I think it's, it's better to just find some way to, to like maybe move that to the side and find something that makes you feel positive. So just make a cheese plate at the end of the day. You guys watch Bob's burgers, watch the good place. (laughs) Another show that I love besides the great British bake off is Schitt's Creek. And it's like a treat at the end of the day. And I just, it's a happy show. There's no, um, nothing that makes you depressed or sad. And I think it's important to have those like self care TV shows or books or whatever it is that makes you feel happy and just like let yourself have it. And let yourself forget everything and, and be happy with yourself and be content with yourself. So, okay, guys, that was it. F- that was it for my, <laughs> my pep talk, my Tuesday pep talk. I'm not making it a thing. I, I really am not confident in my ability to come up with ways to make ways to, to pep talk every week, but I'll try. <laughs> and I'm going to go ahead and send you into the second installment of Securing Brene by Susan Stoker, and I'll catch up with you guys on the other side. So bye.
1: Chapter two. Rear Admiral Dag Creasy woke up in the middle of the night and turned to look at his wife. The last week had sucked, but Renee handled it like she always did. From holding his friend's widow as she cried, to organizing with the other spouses to make sure there was food in her freezer, to ensuring her children were getting counseling. Dag knew being married to him wasn't the easiest thing in the world, especially as his rank climbed. When he'd met Brené, she'd been a naive waitress trying to make it through community college. Neither of them would have ever guessed 30 years later, she'd be hobnobbing with the highest ranking officers in the US Navy. She'd even met the first lady of the United States when the president had come into town for some political thing. But the thing he loved most about his wife was how she'd never lost her down to earth qualities. She was the one person he could truly be himself with. He could prop his feet on their coffee table, drink beer, and burp to his heart's content as he watched Sunday night football, and she wouldn't even blink. She was his rock. The one person who he knew without a doubt would be there for him, no matter what. When he'd injured his leg on a mission when he'd been a SEAL, Brene had been the one who'd pulled his head out of his ass and made him get into physical therapy. If it hadn't been for her browbeating, he might still be in a wheelchair today. When he'd hit rock bottom, suffering from PTSD and feeling depressed over his injury, and he'd tried to make her hate him, she'd seen through his bravado, climbed into their bed late at night, and simply held him. She'd told him over and over how much she loved him, and it didn't matter if he never walked again, she wasn't ever going to leave him he was stuck with her. A week ago, after he'd watched a man he'd liked and respected shoot himself in the head, she'd once again been his savior. She'd refused to leave the beach, and every time he'd looked over and seen her patiently waiting for him, sitting on the hard rock wall as if she'd wait there all night if she had to, it had grounded him, helped him get through one of the worst evenings he'd had in a very long time. Then she'd taken him into her arms in their crappy apartment shower and held him as he wept. She'd never judged him. She took him as he was, and he loved her more than life itself. It was early, the light from the full moon still bright as it shone through the thin, piece-of-shit curtains in the master bedroom. Dag scowled, deciding to put more pressure on the contractor to get their fucking house finished faster. They'd done their time living in tiny apartments. He wanted to give his wife the world, and this apartment just wasn't cutting it. Slowly, he eased the sheet down until he could see every inch of his wife. He wanted to turn the light on so he could really see her, but honestly, he didn't need the light because he knew every inch of Brené's body. At 51, she was just as beautiful to him as she'd been at 19. Her light brown hair was the same color as it had been the day they got married, thanks to the hairstylist she went to every other month. She had stretch marks on her belly from carrying their two children, and he knew she thought her thighs and butt were too big and her tits sagged too much. But he loved every fucking inch of her. She was his, the one thing that had gotten him through the darkest of missions when he'd been a SEAL. She was the reason he did what he did, to make her proud of him. She was his light, his everything. The air in the room was cool because Brené hated being hot when she slept. He watched as her nipples tightened into hard little buds as they were exposed to the chilly air. He couldn't wait until they were in their new house with the giant ceiling fan above their four-poster bed, which was currently in storage. He'd worked hard to give Brené the material things she deserved. But the thing about his wife was, Dag knew that while she enjoyed the shoes, jewelry, and nice furniture he'd been able to give her, ultimately, she didn't give a shit about any of it. Being here in this small apartment didn't phase her as long as they were together. Leaning over, Dag took one of her tits into his hand, plumping it and then wrapped his lips around one turgid little nipple. He smiled against her flesh when he felt one of her hands cup the back of his head and hold him to her. What time is it, she whispered. Lifting his head just enough to answer, Dag said, early. You didn't get enough last night, she asked with a small groan. I'll never get enough of you, Dag told her honestly. His stamina had lessened over the years, but all that meant was that he could spend more time loving his wife. The days of him being able to fuck her twice in a row were gone, but that didn't mean Brené couldn't come more than once. Knowing she was awake now, Dag straddled his wife and hovered over her. His cock was at half-mast and brushed against her trimmed pubic hair. He wasn't concerned with the state of his dick. When it was time to enter her, he'd be more than ready. The highlight of his life was feeling Brené come under his tongue or fingers, and feeling how hot and wet she was when he finally slid inside her welcoming depths. The memory of the first time he'd taken her and had found out she was a virgin was something he'd never forget. She'd trusted him with her body then, and she'd shown over and over again since that she trusted him with whatever he needed or wanted from her. It was humbling at the same time it was intoxicating, and to this day, even a little scary. I don't think I said thank you for last week, he told her, looking into her eyes. He knew they were a beautiful blue, but in the dim light of the room, he couldn't make out anything but their shape. You don't have to thank me, she assured him. I do, Dag said softly. You always let me be who I am. Whether that's a rear admiral, someone who just wants to goof off, or a broken man. You weren't broken, Brené said immediately. You're the strongest man I've ever met. But you can't always be strong. When you've reached the end of your rope, that's where I come in. I'll wrap my hands around yours and help you hang on until you can start climbing again. Dag swallowed hard. How he'd gotten so lucky, he'd never know. Brene had raised their son and daughter practically by herself. He'd been gone on so many missions, he couldn't even keep track. But Brene hadn't complained, not once. She'd just done what needed doing, just as she'd done when he'd gotten hurt. And when the politics of being his wife caught up to her, and she was the brunt of malicious gossip from other jealous officer wives, she'd held her head up and refused to let them get to her. She was beautiful, gracious, and so fucking strong, she humbled him. He never felt embarrassed or guilty for crying, not when he could do so in her arms. She held him so tightly, he knew everything was going to be all right. Knowing he couldn't speak or he'd risk embarrassing himself, Dag moved down her body and settled between her legs. He smiled when she propped herself up with pillows behind her back. She liked to watch him eat her out, once telling him that seeing how much he enjoyed it made her embarrassment over the act wane. Dag started by kissing Brene's inner thigh gently, then licking where his lips had touched. She squirmed, and he grinned, loving that he could so easily turn her on. He nibbled on her flesh for a while before moving up to the crease of her leg. She widened her thighs, and he couldn't help but move his attentions between her legs. Using his fingers to spread her lower lips apart, he dropped his head. He started out slow, gently licking and caressing her, but it wasn't long before she moaned. Dag, stop teasing me. I'm not teasing, he said, looking up at her while using his fingers to lightly caress her. It's foreplay. You're driving me crazy and you know it. Please lick my clit. Smiling, Dag lowered his head. He loved how impatient Brené was. She used to be so shy, never asking for what she wanted. He'd taught her everything there was to know about sex, and he couldn't help but be proud of the sensual woman she was today. She wasn't afraid to tell him she wasn't in the mood, but she also was more than happy being the aggressor when she was feeling horny. And he loved that they both still enjoyed sex 30 years after they'd gotten married. Many couples, regardless of their age, weren't so lucky. He felt her hands cup his head. His hair was too short for her to get a good grip, but she did her best to try to shove him where she wanted him. Laughing, Dag let her steer him to her clit. It was exactly where he wanted to be anyway. Loved feeling how hard the little nub got, and how it peeked out from beneath the protective hood when she was particularly turned on. Brene squirmed under him when he eased a finger into her body as he teased her clit. God, Dag, that feels so good, she said huskily. His mouth was busy, so he couldn't reply, but it felt amazing to him too. Suddenly, wanting to be inside his wife more than he wanted anything else, Dag lifted his head and brought his other hand up to her clit. Using her own juices to lubricate his thumb, he blew cool air over her pussy as he added a finger inside her sheath and began to manipulate her clit with his thumb. God, dag, Brené exclaimed, and her hips came up off the bed as he finger fucked her. So beautiful, he murmured as he watched her writhe under his hands. They might have had their issues as a married couple, but not once had he ever had the urge to take someone else to his bed. Only Brené could turn him on only Brené could satisfy him. Her head tilted back, and she let go of his head to reach for the sheets. Her hands fisted, and she groaned long and low as every muscle in her body tensed. Dag groaned right along with her. He knew firsthand how those tense muscles felt around his dick when she came with him deep inside her, moving quickly. He got up on his knees and physically picked up Renee and turned her onto her stomach. He lifted her hips high into the air and pushed his hard cock inside her still spasming sheath. Renee gasped as she got up on her hands, but pushed back against him when he pulled her toward him. Holding her still, making her take just what he wanted to give her, Dag pressed back inside her. Looking down, he could just make out her juices coating his dick. Making it shiny in the dim light. Putting a hand on her back, he urged her down. Immediately acquiescing, she turned her head so her cheek was on the sheet. She moved her arms down to her sides and beneath her, just as he knew she'd do, and he felt her fingers brushing against his dick as he pulled out. She caressed his balls, even as she lazily fingered her clit with her other hand. This was one of their favorite positions. She could get herself off, fondle him, and he could reach her tits at the same time. He leaned over, bracing himself on one hand while the other pinched a nipple. They both groaned and her hand tightened on his balls. If he had his way, he'd still be fucking his wife this way when they were both in their 80s. He'd never get enough of her, never. Knowing he wasn't going to last long, As he could already feel the slight tingle in his balls, Dag asked, you ready? Fuck me, Dag, Brené said in response. He was upset that he couldn't fuck her for as long as he used to when he was younger, but she swore it was a compliment that he couldn't hold out longer than a few minutes when he finally got inside her. He got back up on his knees and held his wife's hips and began to fuck her in earnest. She grunted every time he bottomed out inside her, and he could feel her fingers flicking rapidly over her clit as he pumped in and out. Within 15 seconds, he knew he was going to come. Doing what he knew would make her explode, he swiped his middle finger through the copious juices coming from her slit and gently pressed against her asshole. He didn't penetrate her, merely caressed the sensitive nerves of her backside. She shouted in ecstasy, and once again, every muscle in her body tensed. It felt as if she was going to squeeze his dick right off, and it was glorious. Grunting, Dag slammed inside her once more and held her to him as he exploded. Spurts of cum pulsed out of his dick and coated her inner channel. Even though he knew he couldn't get her pregnant, as he'd gotten a vasectomy years ago, Dag couldn't help but picture his little swimmers frantically trying to find an egg to impregnate. Her muscles twitched around his cock, prolonging his pleasure and making Dag thank his lucky stars once more for his beautiful and loving wife. He held himself as deep inside her as he could for several moments, loving how their combined juices almost felt scalding around his sensitive cock. Knowing she had to be uncomfortable with her ass up in the air and her weight on her shoulder, Dag pulled out. They both groaned at the feeling of him leaving her, and he immediately fell onto his side and pulled Brené into his arms. Many men didn't like to cuddle, but Dag wasn't one of them. He fucking loved holding Brené in his arms, almost as much as he liked making love with her. She was the other half of his soul, And nothing made his mind settle as much as holding her in his arms. He loved the way she snuggled into him, loved the way she sighed in contentment, loved how one of her legs would curl around his calf, and he especially loved when she let him scoot down and use her tits as a pillow. She'd hold him close, and he'd let her heart lull him to sleep. After several minutes of cuddling, she asked sleepily, What do you have on tap for today? PT, then a meeting with the base commander about what happened last week and to get an update on his replacement. Then I'm meeting with each of the SEAL teams to answer their questions and to reassure them that they will absolutely be safe when they go overseas on a mission in the interim. I have to go to NCIS and answer questions about the traitor from Bahrain and to find out if I'll have to testify in his hearing. I have a stack of paperwork a mile high I have to try to get through, and then hopefully convince my admin that she doesn't want to quit as a result. So a normal day, Brené quipped. Dag chuckled. Pretty much. You thought any more about retirement? Dag stiffened and propped himself up on an elbow and tried to read her face. The light was too low for him to interpret what she was thinking. You know, all you have to do is say the word and I'm done, he said softly. I wasn't hinting, Brené chided. I just hate seeing you so stressed. I mean, I know you're pretty much always stressed, but the last week has been worse. I wasn't sure if everything that happened had tipped the scales, making you want to get out sooner rather than later. Dag thought about it for a long moment. Then finally said, honestly, everything about that situation sucked, but I feel as if I'm needed even more now. I'm not so conceited to think that no one else can do my job, but with everything else going on, I have a feeling keeping things as normal as possible is the best thing for everyone. Seals, their families, and my own bosses. I agree, Renee said softly. I'm so proud of you, Dag. As long as you can say that, I'm good. The second that changes, I'm out. I'll always be proud of you, she said. Always. I love you. I love you too. I've still got another hour before I have to get up and get ready for work, Dag told her. Go back to sleep, baby. You too? She asked sleepily. Sure, Dag told her, but he knew he was lying. One of his favorite things in the world was holding her while she slept. He'd never told her, but he loved how easily she fell asleep in his arms, how she innately trusted him to keep her safe no matter what. The second he felt her deep, even breaths, he leaned over and kissed her forehead. I swear. The next 30 years are going to be easier than the first, he vowed.
0: Okay, hey, I'm back. That was amazing, right? Um, Susan Stoker brought it. She brought her A-game this week. Uh, She's got lots of stuff for you guys to jump into while you're waiting for the next installment. Or when you finish this audiobook, she has so many books. And like Mel said, her website is extremely organized and beautiful. So maybe just ignore me and go there. Um, or you can find the links in the show notes. She has uh, two series on Kindle Unlimited, Mountain, Mer- Mountain Mercenaries and Ace Security. Those two series are on Kindle Unlimited. The pre order for Securing Brene, uh, the pre order for the ebook is in the comments, and also, or, sorry, the show notes. And also, Securing Kate, which is in this same world, is out now. And so, yeah. And also, there's a link in the comments, or, geez, I keep calling them the comments. Why? Uh, the show notes. There's a link to the giveaway that Susan is doing, which is a free audiobook of, of hers of your choice. So, you definitely uh, want to go check that out. Also this week, uh, today, actually, Drawn Into Love by Aurora Rose Reynolds is out. It's on Kindle Unlimited. It has an audiobook. It's part of her Fluke My Life series. And Mel writes in all caps, I love this series. So go snatch that up. And also Hollywood Playboy uh, by Natasha Madison is out today. And those two girls are really good friends. And that's really nice that they are, they don't see, I guess they're, they released on the same day so they could support each other. And that's really cool. And I like that. So, okay. I'll be back tomorrow and I'll, I'll see you guys then. Okay. Enjoy your day. Bye. Read me romance. Read, read me romance. Read me romance.
1: Read, read me romance. You could take a look in a book. That's fine. Or you could sit back, relax and unwind and read me romance. Read, read me romance.